Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week, we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. (laughs) Cute. That's cute. So it took us about a year and a half almost two years to get this person on our podcast this is the funny part about having this guest and how long we waited to have her on in my bio I like tote that I know her and I've rubbed elbows with the Jen Atkin and then we like can't even get her on our podcast I know I feel like when we were brainstorming when we were starting the podcast we were like we could get Jen Atkin on the podcast, but that's not to say that, you know, she is... Totally. We love Jen Atkin, obviously. We're big fans of her. We've worked with her, you know, in our previous jobs so many times. Love Way, love Main Addicts, but she's a busy woman. Oh, so totally. So that's why we couldn't get her on. And, and you'll hear in our interview with her, I feel like she gets a little bit embarrassed that um, it took her so long to get onto the podcast, but she's been doing a lot. But we finally got her on and we're super excited. We are. But anyways, the main reason that we have Jen Atkin on today's episode is because she wrote a book. She is now an acclaimed author. Uh, the book is called Blowing, blowing Your way. way. Oh, my way. To th- <laughs> I was going to say blowing your blowing, way. To the t- blowing my way, blowing your way. Blowing my way to the top, which is probably the best book title out there. I got to say. Yes, fully agree. It is. It's This is quintessential Jen. I think the reason why it just makes sense is when you think of way, I remember when she first launched the brand, I remember thinking like, how do you, how do you say this word? It's not we. She was like, no, I want it to be like way, like way cool, you know, way fun. Do it your way. It's like a part of modern vernacular now. We just use it. Yeah. And so she'll, she'll give uh, you guys the backstory on, on the book title and who she had to talk to to get approval and all those things, AKA her mom. The book is uh, basically kind of like a, it's not really her memoir, though, you know, she obviously talks a lot about her career, um, but it is how to break the rules, find your purpose, and create the life and career you deserve. So it's not just a self-help book, but, you know, a career guide. She talks a lot about, you know, finding your voice and creating the life you deserve, both personally and in your career. She gets really, really personal about her own life and, you know, how she struggled with, she had a panic attack and all the things that she went through to find get to the place where she is today so the book is available now um, but before you buy it listen to this episode so you can get a little sneak peek and uh, we kind of also go down like memory lane and talk about you know Kirby and I when we first met her 
um, way back when. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's a really it's a really fun interview. It was almost like catching up with an old friend. Totally. Y'all are going to love Jen if you don't already. And we hope you absolutely die for this episode. We hope it's way wonderful. <laughs> Okay, guys, it took us a year and a half of trying, but we finally did it. We finally booked the one and only Jen Atkin on Los Angeles podcast. Woohoo! We're live from Los <laughs> Angeles, guys. Also, did you really try to get me? Oh my God, so many times. Yeah. Through Way, through Main Addicts. You're busy, but you're a busy woman, so we totally understand. I hope that you know that that does not go to me. And I think it's people around me trying to protect my sanity. So I'm happy to be here. And maybe I'll be worth the wait. You will. Yeah. We did not take it personally at all. We know that you have a million things on your plate. So, and what better time than now to have you on because you are a published author and we want to talk all about your book, Blowing My Way to the Top. I'm a hairstylist, just so people know. <laughs> Incredible title. I feel like it's ju- it's perfect. It's it's so Jen Atkin. Like Kirby, wouldn't you? There's no other title. Like we were going through making waves, cutting the line. I was like, no. I feel like it needs to be something that's like conversation piece, and that was it. Cheeky as all hell. I love it. Did you have to get parents' blessings, mom sign off? Yeah. I went, well, it went husband's blessing, and then I had to send an email to Sir James Dyson because I'm holding the Dyson Supersonic on the cover. So I was like, so I wrote a book. I'm calling it Blowing My Way to the Top. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> and then I called my parents, and I was like, can I just give you the shock of your life? And they were like, what now? And yeah, what now? so I was like, I wrote a book. And it's done. And they were so proud. And I'm like, and I'm going to call it blowing my way to the top. And there was a long silence. (laughs) And then I think my mom was like, okay, that's great, honey. So I got their blessing. And it's literally, it's the best. It's the best name. Like, I don't think there could have been another one. So congratulations. Thank you. Before we jump into our questions for you. What's what's on on your your face? face? Woohoo! So... We want to know, Jen Atkin, what is on your face? It actually doesn't even have to be anything you're wearing right now, but is there a product or it could be body, hair? What are you loving right now? Okay, I'm grabbing my makeup bag to tell you because I never know the names of anything. Guys, I thought you were going to cut to a commercial right now. I was like, are we starting off and we're going to commercial? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do live ad reads. Yep. (laughs) That's amazing. We like to start off every show with, we're going to be right back. Okay, so I'm wearing on my lips Huda Beauty Honeymoon and Kendall by Kylie Cosmetics Sister Sister, which is my favorite jam. And then for a liner, I have Charlotte Tilbury's Bond Girl. Ooh. And then I have Anastasia Browiz in the brows. I have KKW's blush, the three palette blush on the blush. Tom Ford bronzer, KKW's cocoa uh, eyeshadow palette, which I'm obsessed with, Chantecaille mascara, 
that's it. Oh my God. I love that you gave us the whole rundown. Usually people like say one or two things and you were like, no, this is my face. Oh. And I, I love it. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm an, o- I'm an oversharer. No, this is, is this your Zoom uh, routine that you usually do? This is my 2020, I have to be on camera face. Yes. But I stopped wearing foundation. So did we. Just for a minute. Yeah. I felt like the masks with the foundation was not a good combo for me. So yeah. We all needed a break. Yeah, I'm giving it a break. Before we get into like the the real juicy stuff, can we actually start off by talking about how we first met Jen Atkin? And I, Jen Atkin is like Sarah Tan in that I say the full name no matter what. If I say Jen Atkin, like, oh yeah, you know Jen Atkin, I'll say Jen Atkin throughout the whole conversation. It's not going to be like, oh yeah, Jen. No, Jen Atkin, Sarah Tan. It's a good thing. It might be because Jennifer is the most popular girl name from the 1980s. So it's... I appreciate you doing that because there's a lot of us out there. So who calls you Jennifer these days? It's probably just your family, right? Yeah. What if we just started things off like Jennifer Atkin? Jen's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> okay, so I wanted to talk about how I met Jen because this story just lives in my brain rent-free at all times. I was so nervous to meet Jen. You don't even remember this, but we were at a Calabasas Ulta. Okay. Chloe Kardashian was this had to be five years ago six years ago 2014 at our launch it was like a kardashian launch it wasn't way it was like some type of kardashian thing and i can't even remember oh i remember it was you me and mary phillips wasn't it yes and i was waiting to interview chloe and i was incredibly nervous because you know chloe is tall she has such like a big personality. I'm like, I hope that she's nice. You know, I, I, I've never had an interaction with a Kardashian at this point. And I saw Jen and I had been following both Jen and Mary, like for years at that point. And so I just went up the, the aisle that they were like, kind of, you know, pushed away in like waiting to like judge Chloe. And I was so nervous that I called Jen Mary. Oh, yeah. Like I switched the names and I was like, are you Mary Phillips? She's like, no, that's Mary Phillips. I'm Jen Atkin. I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. And Jen handled it like a champ and was like, it's totally okay. And she was lovely. And then after that. I'm finding that photo from that day because I know we took a selfie or we did a snap together. I remember that like it was yesterday and it was for Kay, the Kardashian Beauty Tools, their hairline. Yes. Wow. You have such an amazing memory. I'm going to find that photo. That's so funny. That must have been 2013. Yeah, it was it was a long ass time ago. Sarah, do you remember meeting Jen? I don't remember the first time. It may have been at your way launch party, but I remember like my memories in photos and selfies. And I remember taking a photo with Jen at the way launch party at a club with the disco ball. That was our dry shampoo foam the foam party at at stand the standard hotel yes also being intimidated and nervous to meet you well guys i'm gonna tell you what i <laughs> am not that exciting but you're so friendly and we're gonna learn that today yes you are <laughs> that's so funny by the way i love like what forces you guys both are it's awesome like it feels like so long ago but how amazing that you guys have like done so many great things and pivoted so well los angeles here we are that's very sweet thank you that's so sweet oh okay Uh, sarah kick things off kick things off yes okay jen i know you've done a million interviews about your book 
so you may have been asked this already, but we want to know when did you first decide you wanted to write a book? Like, has this been something you've always wanted to do? Were you nervous to sort of put yourself out there in book form? So I sat down with HarperCollins and they were the ones that wanted me to write a book. They're like, we think it'd be really interesting to hear about your journey as a female entrepreneur and just being in Hollywood for so long. And you know, your grassroots story. And I was like, what? I, this is 20, probably end of 2018. And I was like, I don't really feel like I have like a story, you know, like I just had read Phil Knight's shoe dog. And I was like, that's a story. You know, I'm like, I don't think I have a story. So I sat and we like talked about it. And I was like, you know what, this is like out of my comfort zone. But I feel like my heart was just telling me that like, now is the time to like, carve out hours in your day, turn off your phone, airplane mode, go through your photo albums from early 2000s, go to your Blackberry photos that are saved on a file somewhere, go through your iPhotos from like 2007 to present day, and just sit in your journey. And I just started writing down things. And I also was like anally organized. And I have a job log and a Google Doc of every single job I've ever done since I started. And so I went through the job log and that like jogged memories. And I started like on long plane rides to the Middle East, I would sit there and do the keyword like title for every photo in my, in my iPhoto. So it's easy to navigate through. This is before the facial recognition even was happening. The long, the short story is I didn't think I could do it. It was very therapeutic for me. And I started really working on it. I'd say it was probably end of summer, 2019. And then finished it, COVID happened, did a rewrite, then George Floyd happened, did another rewrite. And I think the book is really meaty and I feel like it's gonna be very helpful for people, especially in these times that are feeling like they are lost or you know having a hard time finding their purpose and going through a lot of like life changes. What sparks a rewrite? Is it like, like you said, life events or, you know, when COVID happened, was there something that made you think, oh, I missed a chapter that I want to include, or we should rethink the way that we're talking about this, that, or the other thing? Yeah, I think that, you know, the advice that I gave before was great. And it was like suitable for, you know, our regular working world, our regularly scheduled program. And then when the global pandemic happened and we saw so many people unemployed, so much uncertainty, so much anxiety, and just things that were out of our control, I was like, okay, I need to sit and like write what I'm feeling and what my thoughts are and, and how I can give the best advice that I can now in this version of the world. And then with obviously all of the social and racial um, issues that were going on, in the summertime, I was like, okay, I need to take a look at my own role in being a feminist. And both of my companies are like 94% women, which makes me so happy and so proud. But I wasn't paying attention to intersectionality the way that I wish I would have. So, you know, I, I was also learning as I was writing. And um, so it really, truly, I feel like, you know, it's been a hell of a year. But I'm grateful that I got to get the book out by the end of it. Who would you say this book is for? Because I imagine I have never written a book. <laughs> I probably don't have the patience. Yet. Maybe. Yet. So I'm envisioning Jen 
like thinking, okay, I'm, I'm compiling all these memories. Who were you writing to when you wrote this book? Me, you know, like me when I first got to Los Angeles at 19 years old and what I wish I would have known, you know, I, I keep saying I, I wanted to create like a, a career guide that was spirited that made you feel like you could skip the line. And I really wrote it for people who, cause I've been there, you know, before the glitz and the glamor and the brand, like I fully have had those moments where, where I felt like I needed direction. I felt lost in the jobs I was doing. I, I changed career paths a few times. Um, I had a hard time really just like getting out of the rut that I was stuck in. So that's really kind of who I wrote it for. To be completely honest, both Kirby and I haven't had a chance to read the entire book yet because we just got it, but. Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> Call you back in two days. <laughs> if you could just read it for us now yeah. from start to finish. I don't know what you're doing the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. um, I'll send you the audio version. It'll, yeah. it'll be easier. Do you, did you record an audio version? I did, yeah. Oh my God. What was that like? So fun. I was like pretending I was Mariah or Celine Dion <laughs> in the studio. It was so fun. I had a fancy microphone that Kirby has. Okay. We're going to have to get that, get our hands on that. Um, but in your book, I, we know that you talk a lot about, you know, knowing what you're worth and being true to yourself. Um, obviously, we all work in the beauty industry and, and we've been in it for a long time, you especially. And it's hard. It's hard to, you know, to exist without wanting to compare yourself constantly to another person or, you know, just like self-loathing, self-doubting. How do you pull yourself out of those moments of weakness and just like remind yourself, stay on the course, stay on the path that you are worth it? Yeah, I think um, I have a chapter that is about confidence and kind of pointing out the difference between having confidence and being cocky. But I think it's really important for women and especially for young girls, for us to teach young girls that like, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to be confident. It's okay to, um, I, I talk about a Chelsea Handler quote that I love so much where she talks about, it's important to have the confidence in yourself like you would for your sister or your friend, you know, and have that same confidence. But again, you know, I started my career on social media and it is such a blessing and such a curse at times. Like, for me building a brand, I would never have been able to have the reach and success had I not had a socially driven and digitally connected brand. Um, it changes the way that we formulate. It's the reason that we lean into like sustainability. It, the conversation is now like we're speaking with our consumer versus at. So that's all beautiful and amazing. But yes, you can get caught up in comparison. And I think for me, Tracy Cunningham told me years ago this quote, Rejection is God's protection. And there's another quote, Kirby, you probably have heard me talk about this before. Serge Mont said it in an Allure magazine and I cut it out and put it in my locker at the salon that said, don't be jealous of your peers, be inspired by them. And it's like those two quotes stuck with me so much that I was like, okay, I'm gonna flip the script. And instead of being like a competitive asshole freelancer hairstylist who's wishing harm on everyone around her, I'm gonna try to like actually collaborate with my peers I'm going to try to keep myself in a positive mindset and know that, you know, good things are ahead, even though I'm not getting what's in front of me. And I have to say, like, it goes beyond me and my, my job as a content creator and not comparing myself to others, but like the team, you know, I'm like, I don't want you guys to compare yourself to other brands and feel like we're not doing enough because so-and-so is doing this or that. Like we're in our lane, we're doing our best. And like, 
it's important to just remind yourself that like you have to tune out the FOMO and you have to tune out the comparison. That's one of the things that I really have always admired about you and Way as a brand because I remember when Way launched, when I would see social images, it wasn't just Way in the images. There were other brands. You were like including other brands. And I felt like that was the first time that I'm like, holy shit, a brand gets it. We're not just using one of, our entire routine isn't just one brand. Like we have this very eclectic way that we apply makeup or do our hair. And I felt like for the first time in an image, we were seeing that with Way. And I remember I would take that to Pop Sugar when brands would come and say, hey, we want to sponsor Kirby series or do this, that, or the other thing. I'm like, we have to be able to use other types of products in these videos so that it doesn't just feel like a Vanna White situation. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up that quote because it just sparked that memory. Like you, Way really was the first brand, in my opinion, Sarah, I'm sure you agree, that was on the forefront of like, including other people in their imagery on social, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah. And in 2016, it was like unheard of. And I have to say, like, I'm still having conversations and pep talks with brand founders today who are like, oh, my investors don't want me to talk about other brands in my videos. It's ridiculous. It is like we live in an authentic world where people crave authenticity. I think like if you're doing a video and you're just talking about one brand throughout the whole video, to me, that feels like an ad. It feels like a spawn. I don't engage the way that I would if I knew you were really just using what you use. So yeah, I'm all about that life, about, you know, mixing and matching high and low. You know what I mean? Like in my kit, yeah, I have stuff that I bought at Target. I also have stuff that I get from Sephora, you know? So I think it's important to be honest about that. I was just going to say that you also, Way was one of the first brands that I felt like aside from Glossier that really uh, engaged with their followers and with the actual customers, like what we all wanted versus creating a hair care brand that was geared towards the professionals, the stylists. And so I felt like that was really, it made Way that much more approachable too. Of course, it was like still aspirational, like everyone wanted to get their hands on way. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Yeah, that's always been the goal from the get go is we wanted to make sure that we were relatable, but yet inspirational and aspirational. But yeah, I, I think that it was so fun being a part of like the democracy of hair, you know, and beauty for that matter. And I think we're seeing the same thing happening in fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really fun to watch. I remember this is completely not related to anything we just talked about or are going to talk about. <laughs> I need to bring it up. I remember when the dry shampoo foam launched. It was the first of its kind. Nobody had ever done anything like it before. We were all shooketh to our cores. And I remember when I asked Jen at the party, Silk was there. There was like a Silk collaboration happening to like, you know, keep your hair all soft. Oh, for Slip. Or Slip, yeah. Slip, sorry. I, I asked Jen, I'm like, how did you even come up with this? And I thought it was so genius. She was like, so this nurse was talking to us about how when she has patients and they can't take showers, they use this ingredient that just sucks up all the oil from their hair. And I was like, mind blown and I love that that was the inspiration yeah for a hair care product that now everybody uses on her it kind of reminds me of beauty blender nobody really thought about needing a sponge for their routine and now it's like any knockoff of beauty blender is still a beauty blender that's what they call it right so anyways I, I really wanted to bring that up because it was such a moment 
Yeah, that was a fun moment. The nurse DM led to us creating the product and trying to get it out first to market because the thing is, is no one knows this, but once you like have a laboratory who's making it for you and it's something that's innovative, they're going to whisper to other brands because they want to be the person making this for everybody. Yep. So we rushed, there was something wrong in stability. Like it, it got passed through our stability testers, but we started noticing people were tagging me on Twitter. It was a few tags of like, oh, this exploded in my bathroom. And I was like, oh, then there was a few more. And then it started happening on Instagram and it was a temperature problem in shipping. So it was like just phone parties everywhere. And you know what? Instead of like running from it or trying to pretend it didn't happen, we were totally transparent about it. We were like, okay, we fixed it. We're going to replace it. But for me, it was a really great lesson in learning to not let the internet rush you because I was like, okay, we need to spend a little bit more time on things that are like that innovative and new. So you are adopted and were raised Mormon, right? Yes, both things. Yes. I'm so fascinated by Mormon culture. So I remember when I first learned this about you, I'm like, oh my God, I need to just have a sit down and learn everything about this. Because you know, Justin Anderson was also raised Mormon. So was Chad Wood. And I think Bryce Scarlett. Both of them? And Bo Nelson. Why do all of you turn out to be such fabulous hairstylists and makeup artists? What is it about the Mormon culture? Seriously. Um, well, we're taught from a young age perfectionism and how to push yourself <laughs> to be the best that you can be. So my therapist and I talk about that quite a bit. I mean, I don't want to intrude on your therapy sessions, but I was going to say, how did those life experiences affect your view of business or your view of your career choices? You know, um, I think in a way from, again, like going back through my journey, the Mormonism that I ran away from, that I was like, you know, rebelling from. I remember being like fresh to LA and I'm like, I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke weed and I'm going to go. I had no idea what like gay men were. I didn't know what Jewish people were. I was totally, I felt like Encino man in a weird way. And so I remember just like feeling like I'm running from this. Mormons are the butt of the joke. You know, if you, if you've seen Book of Mormon on Broadway, there is a song called Spooky Mormon Hell Dream that is so true. Where like I was like rebelling and going out to clubs and drinking, but then at night I was having like death and damnation, like hell dreams. I was like trying to navigate that. But it's weird, like now, 20 years later, I realize how much those the Mormon roots snuck up on me, you know, and the morals that I was taught as a kid and the standards and just the way like I treated other people. I was like, God damn it. Like it really did sneak up on me. But it's also helped me so much to navigate my way through business, through relationships with clients, through um, my relationship with my husband. Like there's so many things that, and I really wanted to put it in the book. You know, I really wanted to kind of show those things that like really have been pivotal for me and really helped me in just getting to where I am. I was raised Catholic, so I have those Catholic guilt nightmares all the time. So I hear you. I feel you. I'm going to tell you, take two Ollie sleep gummies and you're going to be totally fine. That's my jam now. <laughs> I love that hack. Um, so in the book, you have a chapter called Balance is Bullshit, but you can try where you talk about, you know, how you realized you were in over your head. You were, you know, you talk about that, that flight that you were taking where you just, you know, were crying and you then you talk about how you had a panic attack and you didn't realize you were having a panic attack obviously you were juggling a lot and now you have I mean you're still doing a lot but you figured out a way to balance it 2020 happened and 
I'm sure you were still working on a million things like you were doing your rewrite rewrite and working on way and all that stuff but it sort of forced you to stay at home right like you had this like forced reprieve was that a relief or did it mess with that go 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 personality of yours um, I have to say before 2020, I was already kind of on my mental health self-care journey. I was a part of the hustle porn culture and I was like one of the biggest advocates for it. And I think because I was starting this business within this like feminist era that we've all kind of, you know, come up through, I really lost touch of the fact that like me showing my whole journey every day, all the things I'm doing, the team I'm building, I got to a point where I was like 2018 or 2019, I had everything I would have ever wanted and more. I had a successful celebrity clientele. I was doing every commercial and magazine shoot. I had a brand that was picking up and doing well globally. I had, you know, such an incredible, like I can't even like remember it all. I was doing like weddings in Qatar that felt like a movie, you know, like such adventures. But I also was crying on planes had a panic attack and like, I talk about it in the book, but I like Mike heard me collapse in the middle of the night. Um, I got a, my C5, C6, I got military neck, which you get from being on your phone or your computer for too long. And it was just like my body was giving out and I just mentally was exhausted and not happy. And so I went to the Hoffman Institute in October of 2019. So I was already kind of set on reprioritizing. I passed them my phone for a week I was just reprioritizing and unpacking a lot of stuff from childhood, taking like the good stuff, trying to like work through the stuff that was like holding me back from just being truly happy. And I came out wanting a deeper emotional connection with my friends and family and wanting to take time from work and like having me time in the morning where I'm not glued to my phone. So little habits like charging my phone in another room and not next to my bed getting up in the morning, going with my dogs outside, having coffee, writing in a gratitude journal, um, doing a meditation, showering, and then looking at my phone. Like little things like that have helped me so much to truly like not feel like I am in this complete sense of urgency 24 seven. And so it really, I, I'm so grateful, A, that I got to go before I finished the book and B, that I got to go and have that experience before 2020 happened because it really has helped me to navigate my business and my personal life. Jen, what is the Hoffman Institute for our listeners that may not be familiar? So you can go to their website. I think it's hoffmaninstitute.org. Um, basically, guys, it's a psychotherapy camp that you go to. It's a program that you go to for six days and you don't go with anybody that you know and you give them your phone. And I will tell you, the only way to describe it is it's like 10 years of therapy in one week. Yeah, it's really transformative. It's, I'm a year out and my husband and I both have gone, our friends have gone and it's been such a great, especially after 2020, I cannot recommend it enough. It's really, really, really good to just help yourself get like centered and focused again. Okay, so correct me. Way started in 2015 or 2016? 2016. February 2016, we launched. Got it. Okay. So most brands, when they launch, I think the long-term vision is maybe one day my brand will be acquired and bought and 
I'll live in Santa Barbara next to Oprah or whatever it is. Have you thought about selling way? What have you thought in the long run is is your ultimate goal for the brands? Do you always want to be the number one at way? Well, first of all, I'm so not the number one at way. Like I was smart enough early on to hire a CEO, Colin Walsh, who's been amazing and such a great, like I, I needed us to have a baseball coach and that's exactly what he is. He helped so much in this pandemic to keep our staff and team like motivated and taken care of and supported. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm sitting in this beautiful office of ours and we have now 44 people on the team and it's crazy. Like we we've gotten to a point now where like we're on a zoom call and I'm like squinting to make sure I know who everyone is. Like it's that at that stage, the one thing that is so, so important to me. And I appreciate that Colin understood it when I hired him. Cause you guys got to understand, like when I'm interviewing CEOs, it's like going on a date with someone I'm really going to be married to. He's like a work husband. And I can't tell you how many of there, by the way, there were very few women, which I was really bummed out about. Um, and the men were all like suits and talking about like bottom line and money, 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 money. And Colin was the only person who was like talking about the team and the community. And I really, really appreciated that. And I think like, I want to always make sure no matter what, that way has that same grassroots ear to the ground, finger on the pulse connected to our community feeling. So yeah, I've never... To be honest, Kirby, like I still feel like we're like such a new brand and there's still so much to do, but I'm sure at some point, like I'm not opposed to us being acquired, but like I definitely am going to be flipping the script on the contracts to make sure that like, like what you just said, like we'll be able to talk about other brands and like be authentic and, and have our voice to talk about social injustices and continue to talk about gun control and just have that voice that is so true to way and I don't want to lose that ever so you have done a lot in your life in your short your long but also short career and you know a lot of people don't end up writing their a book about their careers until like way later on what else does Jen Atkin want to accomplish like where does where does Jen Atkin see herself in 30 years 20 years 30 years wow I hope that in Santa Barbara and your mansion just <laughs> next door to Oprah, you guys, that's what's so funny. I think we have to like, forget this concept of like, I'm going to, I think people think I'm rich too. <laughs> like, I don't think people understand that like we're five years in, but any money that gets made goes back into the brand. So, you know, I have lost the idea of like, I'm going to retire. And that, you know, like, what is that? That's, totally. that's not real. Like, I think our parents' generation had this like concept of like, retiring in Margaritaville in my backyard and yeah you know like every day is a vacation I hope that I'm still working like whether it's doing hair or creating product or doing something that like feels really good and fulfilling I love I love having conversations and being able to like create it's my favorite thing and I still love doing hair and I hope that in 20 years time I'm just doing something that I'm passionate about I don't see myself retiring. Like I will probably work until I can't work anymore. But I, I think, you know, I've lost that concept of like, I'm going to be on the beach sitting, doing nothing. I hope to be honest with you guys, this sounds so cliche, but like the moments that stand out the most in, in my years at, at Mean Addicts and at Way and 
with my husband and I are the times that we're in service of other people. So like my goal in life, I'd love to have a dog ranch and help like rescue dogs. And I don't know, I would love to do something that's just making the world better and giving back in a way. And we'll see what that is. But I hope it's a lot of dogs. Same. Oh my gosh. Can we sign up to work on that ranch? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need, guys, we're going to need a podcast. We got to figure out the name is. We'll help you. We'll help you get there. Barking bitches is taken. So we got to figure <laughs> something else out. Yeah, I know. Damn it. You know, uh, I think the most Jen Atkin quote I've ever heard in my life is, I, I don't see myself retiring. I think like that needs to be on a sweatshirt for you. Jen, what is your sign? Pisces. Pisces. Yeah. Husbands of Pisces. We're just two little fishies. Always late for everything. But it's a de definitely a creative vibe in our house. You and Mike. Love it. Okay. So we're going to go into our speed round now. Okay. What was the first hair dryer you ever used? A Parlux. Oh, okay. Here we go. Love it. Love it. And it would catch on fire. Sorry, Parlux. <laughs> Oh my God. Like the thing would smoke sometimes because the hair would get caught. Now that I work with Dyson, I understand like the concept of like airflow moving. And because the filters in the handle, you're not getting that trapped air and trapped heat. But I remember back in the early days at the salon, I'm like, oh, this is smoking right now. Like I should probably turn this off. It smells like burnt hair. No big deal. Okay. This next question is, I want to answer it also but I want your answer first. Most underrated way hair product. Most underrated. I'm going to say, I have my whole product sheet here. Um, I would say the most underrated would be air dry foam. It's one of my favorite products. It's kind of like not a mousse, but is a mousse. If that makes sense, it's not sticky, but it helps to make your hair just like feel like healthier and like the waves a little bit more uniformed. That's my answer. What's your answer? Well, first of all, that sounds perfect for quarantine. I'm going to have to get one get one of those. My answer is the discontinued dog shampoo. Do you know how long I milked that for Oliver, my dog? Like all the way to the, it was just, it smelled so good. And I really hope you bring it back. I'm going to tell you something right now. I can't say too much, but I do want you to tell Oliver that 2021's got some furry surprises coming up for him. <laughs> but I can't say too much okay oh my god okay i won't tell him I'll, I'll i'll let him be surprised ollie's gonna shit his pants he's gonna <laughs> be so excited so is my team when they know that i just talked about this what's your favorite place to get beauty inspiration from i would say oh god um probably tumblr still i know it's so old school tumblr and pinterest i think are the places that i get the most i just end up in like a whole and the books in our house by the way like even behind me, guys, I have so many books. And I realized, like, I have had so much fun during uh, quarantine just grabbing, like, Helmut Newton book or Kevin O'Quan's books and, like, opening those up. I, um, w I can't remember what interview it was that I was reading pre preparing for this, but it, it, you mentioned that you have, like, a Finsta account that I – and I went to it and it's, like, a bunch of, like, Bratz doll with hairstyles. Yeah, it's – it's very like all over the place, guys. But I started it because I was so sick of like, if I didn't have my, my computer with all of my thousands and thousands of images with me when I was working with clients, like my computer would die. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to do. So I created this with my assistants and I just dumped a ton of pictures that are in my mood boards. 
and it goes from 90s supermodel to Brad's dolls to Barbie to MK and Ashley, the Olsen twins when they were little. We have some Jennifer Aniston friends. It's all over the place, but it's called Too Busy Call Back. That would be a cute name for a book and or podcast. With the, for the dog ranch. I uh, Speaking of Instagram, one of my favorite Instagrams ever. I sound like a fangirl. I sound like a weird stalker fangirl. This is getting creepy. Kirby, we've known each other long enough. You are not a stalker anything. This is this is so embarrassing, but Jen probably remembers this because I was dying. She posted this photo and it was like like something like be right back, getting a, like drinking a coffee, being a bitch or something like that. And I was I thought it was so hilarious that I printed it out and put it on like my mood board at Pop Sugar. It was an Instagram post. I'm so sorry. I wrote BRB, having a coffee, gonna be a bitch. Not to me. You posted it on Instagram. It was an aesthetic thing. You were like, oh my God, I love this aesthetic. It's like, you know, woman drinking a coffee, be right back, being a bitch, no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it so much. I need to, I'm gonna send it to you. Send it to me. By the way, I'm still drinking coffee, being a bitch, Kirby. It's still happening. (laughs) We respect it. We respect it. This really spoke to Kirby. Okay, the hairstyle we are going to see lots of in 2021. I am feeling like we're going to see this like resurgence of creativity. Like I think that I keep saying this, but it's, I think we're about to see what the roaring 20s was after the Great Depression. Like we're going to see two things. And I know this is so like, duh. But I think we're going to see artistry like people are going to get so creative once we're out and about again with like makeup and hair and like we're I think we're going to be so sick of sweats like we're not even know what to do and then I also think on the flip side with beauty there's going to be some people who are actually embracing more of a natural vibe and like their natural texture or just not doing as much as they used to do so it's going to be interesting to see where we all land okay we know that you're close you're close with the kardashian jenner clan but is there one person you would say you're closest with out of all of them i can't answer that chloe (laughs) (laughs) i would have guessed that i would have guessed that just fyi okay you've worked with everyone but is there someone you haven't worked with but you aspire to work with two women come to mind sade and Jane Fonda. Oh my God. Excellent. Excellent answer. Like, I just want to like get a round brush and kick out those ends on Jane Fonda just once in my life. She's such a legend. Totally. Ooh, and do a pulled back pony on Sade. Just anything. Honestly, just to brush her hair once. I don't even know, but she's just Sade to me. I remember that was my first music video that I saw. I was on a cruise with my family. I was like five. And they put me in the kids club and they were, there was this big screen watching Sade's music videos. And I just remember being like that red lip and the sleek Mm -hmm. bun and she can do no wrong. Like the hoops. Show me one bad picture of Sade. It doesn't exist. And she still looks incredible. She's just the coolest. Okay. To round things out, we have this question, which we actually just have started asking a lot of people. So we're going to make it a thing. I like it. I think it's fun. I like it. You become a famous actress, okay, Jen, like Oscar award winning. Who is your dream co-star? Paul Rudd. Oh, yay, Polly, little angel. Are we doing are we doing a rom-com buddy cop movie? What are we doing? I would do like Ant-Man. Oh shit. <laughs> we got the wasp in the house. Woo-woo! Cause like how fun would it be to just get in <laughs> such killer shape and then do a movie with Paul Rudd? Love it. 
Jen, thank you so much for joining us on Los Angeles. We're so glad we finally got you. We know how busy you are. We are so proud of everything that you've been doing. It's been way too long since we've both seen you, but we hope that we can connect in 2021 IRL in LA. But, you know, maybe drinking coffee and being bitches together. Who knows? Or maybe let's meet up at that disco that we had the foam party at. And let's just have a fun dance party. Does that sound fun? I would love that. I just want to be like in a crowded room with other people. I know. Touching, sweating, hugging. I think about my days of going out with like the gay guys from the salon early days. And it was like sweaty sea of just gay men dancing to Madonna. And I'm like, I would give anything for that right now. Like anything. We'll get there. We'll get there. But we miss you and we're so proud of you and congratulations. Thank you and ditto and thank you for having me, you guys. And I can't wait to be back on. Yes. We'll have more to talk about maybe. Maybe I'll write another book so I can get back on. Please. Um, where can everybody pick up Blowing My Way to the Top? You can get it wherever books are sold, but Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and I have on my jenatkin.com a whole list of independent bookstores that you can go and support because they need you more than they ever have before. So please do that. Agreed. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jen. If you loved it, please go to iTunes and rate and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. Find us on Facebook, search Los Angeles and join our Facebook group. And of course, you can find all links to every product we ever talk about on this podcast on our website, LosAngelesPod.com. Talk to you soon. What an outro. Damn, it's a mouthful. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.